When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey everybody, welcome back to Games with Bill. I really do hope that you are having a fantastic time. Uh, This is episode 692 of Games with Bill, and um, I'm recording this live over on the YouTube channel, youtube.com slash nerdnest. If you go there and you don't see it, it's because after the live show is over, I set it to members only. Uh, as a thank you to members, it's just a bonus that I'm doing it live. So I have chat to interact with while I'm actually recording the show. Uh, I am recording this on June, not June. What month is it? July 15th, uh, 2022. And we've got a lot of stuff to cover today. I want to start things off. <clears throat> I want to start things off. Well, first off, I'm later on in the show, I'm going to talk about one of my favorite games of all time, and that would be alien isolation and uh so stick around for that but i want to start off with some of the smaller stories uh get those out of the way first and let's uh start everything off with one of my favorite games that came out this year and that is uh teenage mutant ninja turtles um boy what is the name of the tmnt it doesn't matter what the name of it is the brand new ninja turtles game um I put probably 25 hours into a game that you can you can beat in two hours because I just kept playing it over and over and over again. And that's that's a testament to, to just how fantastic that game is because it is really, really a, a, a fantastic game. And they have sold over 1 million units so far, which... You know, you might be hearing that and think, wow, that's not very much. But guess what? This is not a huge AAA game. This is a 90s-era side-scrolling brawler um, with multiplayer. And it's awesome that they sold a, a million units, especially if you think about the fact that they gave the game away for free on Game Pass. Well, not for free. It's as part of your... Uh, as part of your subscription to game pass uh they give the game away so that means people who didn't play it on game pass they were like over a million people have picked it up so far and i'm I'm here to tell you if you have not yet picked up teenage uh, shredder's revenge thank you very much the live chat is helping me out with this because i didn't have them on the screen there for a moment yeah it's shredder's revenge um if you have not played teenage mutant ninja turtles shredder's revenge I, I've talked about it on the show before. It is unbelievably fun. Uh, and any issues that I had with it uh, were so minute and unimportant that it's absolutely a game that you want to check out, especially if you love the like the old school Turtles in Time quarter muncher that you know we had back in the day. 
that thing ate up so many quarters. And I want Tribute Games to really succeed with this because of two reasons. Number one, I feel like they are really good at this formula. Okay, Uh, so that's number one. Number two, I want them to make DLC or I want them to take some other property that we had uh, from when I was younger, some other arcade style beat em up brawler. And I want them to take that and and make a sequel kind of like maybe The Simpsons or X-Men or just DLC for Turtles for uh, Shredder's Revenge. I keep forgetting the name of it. It's such a good game. And I just I want everybody to have the chance to play it. So if you don't have Game Pass, it's not an expensive game. Uh, check that game out, and I guarantee you're going to have fun with it if you like side-scrolling brawlers at all. Uh, ben Deem in the live chat says, I've been playing Shredder's Revenge on my Steam Deck, a perfect game for the deck. It barely touches the battery and runs so smoothly. And I'm here to absolutely 100% agree with Ben Deem. It, like, I think you can play the game for like six hours on a full charge on the Steam Deck. And so you could probably beat the game... If you're good, three times. If you're not good, twice in that amount of time. And you might think, well, why am I talking? How did you put 25 hours into a game that you can beat in two hours? Because you just, you know, you go through and you play it as uh, Master Splinter. And then you go through and you play it as, you know, Leonardo. And you go through and you play it as April O'Neil. And you go through and you play it as Casey Jones. And each character feels a little bit different uh, in each character uh, you know, had they have their own animations, and it's just really, really fun. Um, I will say this. I was very, very unhappy. Uh, I was playing it on my Steam Deck, and I had joined in an arcade game. And we went through, I think I was playing for an hour. They were already partway through the story or the arcade mode um, when I joined. And we got to the last guy, and we beat the last guy. And then my game, like, just sat there. And it never loaded up the like the end screen. So I don't think that I have, quote unquote, beat it on arcade yet. Um, so I, I still have some work to do there. And if you're wondering what's the difference between arcade and story mode uh, in this particular game, story mode, like as you progress through the game, you get checkpoints and save points and uh, uh, it's a little bit easier. And then arcade mode is like the old school arcade where you play through, you get a couple of continues, but you know if you end, you go back to the beginning and you have to start all over. Um, Geek to Sneak said, not sure how much profit was made, but that's at least $22.5 million in sales. That's major, especially because, and yes, thank you very much, Geek to Sneak. Um, that's because this game is from a little tiny developer, and so a million units sold is really good, especially when they're giving away a bunch. I wonder how much they got from Xbox. Uh, that's definitely an interesting thing. All right, let's move on. Now bring the arcade experience home because your vision is our vision, ColecoVision. Okay, uh, if you, boy, I'm going to hold something up for the video people and uh, I'll just tell everybody else what it is. It is the uh, Sega Genesis Mini. It's a little dusty. I, I should have cleaned it off first. It's the Sega Genesis Mini. This thing is so cool. Um, but if you if you don't remember, the Sega Genesis had multiple versions of it. And uh, I have the Sega Genesis Mini that looks like the OG 
Sega Genesis, the first one that came to the U.S. And, the, you know, there was a time when we were getting all of these little mini consoles. I have the NES Mini, the Super NES Mini, the uh, Super S NES Mini from Europe, and the Sega Genesis Mini, and the Commodore 64 Mini, which my wife got that for me, which is awesome. Uh, I've got all those different mini consoles, and I feel like they've all kind of gone by the wayside. In fact, let me know uh, if you guys uh, have the Sega Genesis Mini or which mini consoles that you have. Um, the reason I bring this up is I kind of thought that these were done with, that we weren't going to see anymore. But then Sega announced, and I talked about this on the show previously, that they were putting out the Sega Genesis Mini 2. Now, the the big difference, obviously, is that the Sega Genesis Mini 2 comes with different games. And um, that's that's cool and all, but the hardware difference is that the Sega Genesis Mini 2 looks like the Sega, Gen- the, the Sega Genesis that came out in the U.S. after a while, like the redesigned one, and... The Sega Genesis Mini One comes with the three in the in the U.S. anyway comes with the three button Sega Genesis controller, not the six button one, which is ridiculous. Uh, this one, the Sega Genesis Mini Two, comes with the six button controller. Now I've talked about this on the show before, but it is now available for pre order on Amazon. I'm just going to copy this link address real quick and I'm going to drop this link into the live chat. So if anybody's here who wants to pick this up on pre-order, actually I'll just I'll copy this. Copy copy link to tweet. There we go. I'm going to drop this in the live chat for anybody that wants to pre-order one of these things. Um I'm I'm of two minds on this. The Sega Genesis Mini, which I really like. I really never use it. Like I bought it and I plugged it in and I played it a little bit and it works really well. And the games that are on it are fantastic. Um, but I never use this thing. It just sits there. Like I said, it was dusty. It collects dust. Same thing with my NES mini, same thing with my, um, all the other mini consoles. And the reason is, is because I can just play these games on my PC. I can just play them on my Steam Deck. If you're watching the video version, you can see that I have an arcade cabinet behind me. I can just play them on the arcade cabinet. And I don't mind buying these things. But I feel like, look, what what Nintendo did where they brought out the NES and then they brought out the, the Super NES, that's different to bringing out the Sega Genesis Mini 2. If Sega had brought out the Sega Master System Mini and then the Sega Genesis Mini, that would be the equivalent to what was happening with the Nintendo side of things. But for them to bring out the Genesis and then the Mini, the Genesis Mini 2, that kind of bugs me because that's super wasteful. Because all they had to do is give this thing a, a way to uh, co- connect to the internet and s- send out a, uh, a a signal that that lets me buy DLC for this thing. Because then what I... I mean, look, we all have a certain number of HDMI ports on our screens. You know what I mean? And so if I want to switch from this to the Sega Genesis Mini 2, I have to then remember which games are on which, 
and okay, I'm going to switch the HDMI over, and it's just this kind of a, it's just a big pain, and it, it's absolutely 100% a first world problem. But it's just kind of goofy that all they had to do is, and I would have paid an extra five bucks for this or an extra 10 bucks for this, is make it so that this thing can connect to the internet and sell me DLC. I would have bought that DLC. But buying another hunk of plastic to go under my TV just feels kind of goofy to me. Um, Cheese Dish in chat says... I had the Legends flashback that comes with a mix of Genesis games and arcade games, but I eventually sold it because I never used it. And um, that's, I mean, I'm not going to sell this because I like it for the shelf in the background, but I never use it. Um, And just don't tell anybody that I never use it because it's really cool. I love the way it looks, but they should have just made, they should have just made it as DLC. It's kind of disappointing. Let's move on to something that is not disappointing. Pitfall, a jungle adventure game designed by David Crane from Activision. No, it's not Pitfall. It is one of my favorite games that I've played in the uh, past few years. Uh, And it's coming to Nintendo Switch. And I have no interest in playing it on Switch. I already have it on PC, which means I can play it on my Steam Deck. Uh, And it does run on Steam Deck. But the reason that I'm excited for this is because... The game coming to Switch means that it's going to get updated controls because this game, while the Steam Deck has the ability for me to make the control system that I want, like I can I can go in there and tweak it to my heart's content, this game's control system is absolutely 100% based on uh, mouse and keyboard input. And yes, you can play it on the Steam Deck, but it's kind of kludgy and the UI isn't the best for um for for playing it with controllers and i very much prefer to play games with controllers to mouse and keyboard and the game that i'm talking about is pathfinder war of the righteous uh um a wrath of the righteous sorry this game is really really good it's a fantastic game if you haven't played it it is a pathfinder game which is basically it's people are going to get mad at me for saying this but it's essentially a ripoff of D. Um, this game is fantastic. I played it on PC. I played it on GeForce now, and it's really, really good. I've played it on my Steam Deck. The The UI just isn't good for that particular interface. And so this game is coming to the Nintendo Switch, and it is coming via the cloud because it is a pretty power-hungry game. Like when you, I was running it on the Steam Deck, I was running into like hitching issues or frame rate issues. Now, of course, those hitching and frame rate issues could be fixed by like tweaking the settings a little bit. And when I first played this on the Steam Deck, it was when the Steam Deck had first come out. We have more options now than we did before. And I really didn't put in the time to get this game running on the Steam Deck uh, as good as it could have because I didn't like the control system. Well, if it's coming to the Nintendo Switch, you can absolutely 100% be guaranteed that it's going to have controller support. In fact, they say that on uh, September 29th, the game is going to get controller support, and it's coming to other platforms, including Nintendo Switch and other consoles. I'm not going to be buying it again. I'm going to be playing it on my Steam Deck, but I'm going to be playing it on Steam Deck with a much better UI, and I think that that 
is awesome because this is a really, really cool game. It's got a very interesting story. I really like the setting. And even though it is a quote unquote ripoff of uh, D&D, it's really cool. And I like the I like the differences uh, there. All right. Um, Kyle R in chat says they're adding controller support to Path of the Righteous. Oh, they're also adding it to Path of the Righteous. That's awesome. Wait, Path of the Righteous or Wrath of the Righteous? Let me know uh, the difference, Kyle, because there's two. There's two. Um, uh, what, what are they called? Pathfinder games. I think he meant to say Wrath of the Righteous. There's two Pathfinder games. One of them is Pathfinder Kingmaker, which I haven't played that one. And then the other one is Pathfinder Wrath of the Righteous. And I think Kyle is just mixing up Pathfinder and Wrath of the Righteous because they have that similar uh, sound. But yes, they this game is going to have, yes, and he's confirming, yeah, Wrath. Uh, this game is going to, in September, have full controller support. And I, for one, am very excited about that. All right, let's talk about something that I don't think people are going to be super excited for. Let the Radio Shack TRS-80 put the world of color computing into your home. All right, um, EA. See, I say something that people are not going to be very excited about, and then I follow that up with EA, and you're not surprised. (laughs) Um, EA... They are releasing a new skate game, and they, instead of calling it skate whatever, they're just calling it skate, and they're they're kind of doing the thing that I think that I've said that Nintendo should do with Mario Kart, where don't make Mario Kart 9, just make Mario Kart and have it be this games-as-a-service thing moving forward where, you know, I, okay, let me give you an example. Fortnite. Okay, Fortnite is the games as a service, right? You play the game, you buy the things that you want, and then those things are tied to your account, whether you're playing on um, Xbox, uh, Xbox, um, what's, what's the old one? Xbox One or the Xbox Series. When you got a new console, <clears throat> you didn't have to rebuy the game, is what I'm saying. And I've said that Nintendo should do that with the next Mario Kart quite a few times. And it seems like that's what EA is doing with the new skate game. <clears throat> in fact, they're making it a free-to-play game and then leveraging that game with microtransactions. Now, I will say that when the original skate came out, I thought it was cool. I really liked the low angle of the camera where it was really focused on the actual skateboard more than the person uh, very different from a game like SSX Tricky, which another game that I absolutely love and would love to see an SSX uh, an SSX Tricky style game come out in this method. But EA Skate is now going to be free to game uh, free to play. In the final name is Skate, and they are going to be focusing on uh, microtransactions. And they're saying that they're going to try and stylize these microtransactions after games like Apex Legends. Um, I, I'm going to give the unpopular opinion here that that does not bother me even a little. The reason it doesn't bother me is, A, the if you're looking for a game that seems like they're trying to have focused on multiplayer, then you want the most number of people playing that game. And so having that game be free to play is the right move. 
if you are still, you still need to be able to make money from that. So setting your game to be uh, microtransactions, also the right move, as long as you do the microtransactions the right way. Now, there will be some that say that Apex Legends has a problem with their microtransactions because, you know, the different characters have different abilities and stuff like that. And, and I totally get that. But really the core of um, of Apex Legends and their microtransactions is getting different skins for your gun, different getting different skins for your character. And I think that that's what they're going to be doing. And like how much... How how different can each character be in a skateboarding game? It's not like you're really competing each other with other players in a head-to-head way. And because you're not really um, competing with each other in a head-to-head way, I can totally understand uh, how you could... Uh, sorry, I had a pop-up on my screen that distracted me. I could, only, I could totally understand how you could completely monetize this game with cosmetics and have people just continue to, to play that over and over. Um, Bravd in chat, he says Nintendo should also do this same thing with Mario party where you just have a Mario party game. You buy the boards that you want to play on, you buy the characters that you want to use. And then when the next Nintendo switch comes out, you ha- you still are playing Mario party. And I absolutely agree with that. Um, Joel Mead says the heirloom thing is huge for Apex as a status thing. Uh, but again, it's all optional. Now, as somebody who played a bunch of Apex Legends but n- did not care about anything outside of dropping onto the battlefield and shooting some dudes, um, I, I'm trying to remember what the heirloom thing. I think it is like, for instance, the character Wraith. Um, like she can earn like a a cool knife or whatever, or you can like get it out of a loot box or something. And like this cool knife looks really cool. And like, as you're running, people will pull out the cool knife and they're running around and they've got the, the cool thing, but that doesn't affect gameplay even a little. And doing that same thing with skate, I think is going to be a really good thing because it's going to pull people into that franchise that probably otherwise would say, oh, 60 bucks for a skateboarding game that's not Tony Hawk's? No thanks. But if it's a skateboarding game that you don't have to pay anything for, and then you're just paying for, you know, um, uh, wheels on your skateboard that have a certain neon glow to them, or a little trail that's left behind when you do a kickflip, or, you know, a shirt that your character wears when you're playing, all of that sounds perfectly fine to me uh especially because that doesn't affect gameplay we'll see if ea does it the wrong way or if they do it the way that i'm suggesting which i say is the right way and you can tell me all the reasons that i'm wrong uh joel median chat is uh explaining a little more on the heirloom thing in apex he says uh heirlooms is a specific uh, uh, is an item specific thing they hold in their hands wrath has a knife lifeline has drumsticks etc uh, I think that that's really cool, and that's the right way to monetize this kind of game. Um, I never thought of Skate as being a multiplayer game, but I do think it would be cool to be able to go to a skate park and you know maybe like five or six people can be in a skate park at any 
point in time and you're just going around doing tricks and stuff, I think that that could be really, really compelling. All right, let's move on and talk about Sony. If you're going to spend your time playing video games, why not play them in something that can also teach you about computing? Get a Commodore 64 or VIC-20. All right, Sony announces PlayStation Star's loyalty program with digital collectibles, and they say it's definitely not NFTs. We'll see what happens. I'll bet you that they'll they'll try and get NFTs in there later because that's what all these companies are trying to do. But right now, it's definitely not NFTs. So what is PlayStation Stars? Well, right now, Microsoft has this thing, and I have to be honest, as somebody who subscribes to Game Pass, has an Xbox Series X, I know that there's people in our community discord link in the description uh, or link in the show notes. That'll take you to the discord, by the way. Um, I know that there's people in our discord that don't have to pay for game pass because they earn enough points each month from those, these little quests that you can get through game pass. And that's what this feels like. Now I'm not sure if you're going to be able to, use these quests in order to earn the next month of uh, Sony's PlayStation. I can never, their naming convention is so terrible. It's PS plus, but there's like PS plus essential PS plus extra and PS plus super awesome. I don't know. It's their naming conventions are bad, Um, but I don't know if you're going to be able to earn PlayStation stars to get yourself that next month, but you can essentially get what they are calling digital collectibles. Uh, Here's what they had to say. Uh, You're going to be getting this monthly check-in. This is from Polygon, by the way, Uh, a monthly check-in by playing games on uh, PlayStation platform or uh, completing a variety of campaigns and activities, including uh, tournaments, trophy-based challenges, one example of such challenges to be the first player to platinum a blockbuster title in your local time zone. Okay, uh, obviously this is not aimed at me, but I do think a lot of people this could appeal to them. Uh, PlayStation Stars members can earn loyalty points that can be redeemed for PS and wallet funds and select PlayStation Store products. This is coming from uh, SIE VP uh, Grace Chen. Members can also earn a new type of reward, um, these digital collectibles, digital represent- representations of things that PlayStation fans enjoy, including figurines of beloved iconic characters from games and other forms of entertainment, as well as cherished devices that tap into Sony's history of in- innovation. I don't care. It was funny. My son was, uh, we went and we're, we were babysitting my grandson yesterday and my son came with us and he brought his Nintendo switch and he was like, dad, what are platinum points? He's had his switch since it came out. And he was like, he didn't know what platinum coins were. And that's because they're stupid and it it doesn't like, okay. I said that they're stupid. I have no use for that stuff, but he was like, what do you get for platinum coins? So some, something in some game had shown that to him. And I was like, well, I guess you can like trade platinum coins for like phone wallpapers and stuff and he's like can't you just like get a screenshot off the internet and I was like exactly um so this does not appeal to me at all now it did say in the article that you can 
you can uh uh where did it go oh my god it said something about your your psn wallet so you can add you can get things from your psn wallet funds so is it possible that you could use this in order to not have to pay for the new playstation thing i don't know but it's kind of cool i guess sort of I don't care about it. I certainly don't care about being the first person to platinum a game. I don't care about trophies. I've never cared about trophies or what are they called on Xbox? Achievements. I don't care about that stuff. In fact, achievements and trophies have gotten me killed in games because I'm doing something. I earn an achievement or a trophy and then I get distracted by the pop-up and then I get headshot or something. It's irritating uh frank dill in chat says i play ps5 games for free i just borrow it from the public library that's cool um joel mead in chat says platinum coins are not particularly coveted uh and i would agree with that i don't see why anybody would and then alog01 says premium and they were telling me what the highest tier of playstation plus is it's playstation plus premium anyway uh there you go for uh, PlayStation's uh, weird thing. I have zero interest in it. I'll tell you what I do have a lot of interest in, and that is this next story. If you're an athlete, you know the greatest motivator of all is the fear of letting your teammates down. After all, a team is only as good as its weakest link. So you owe it to those wearing the same jersey as you to be your best every time you step on the field. That's why there's no vape in team. When you vape, you can expose your lungs to toxic chemicals that can damage your lungs. If you're a step behind, the team's a step behind. Brought to you by The Real Cost and the FDA. Have you played Atari today? And it's, it just so happens that it is an Atari game. Uh, Atari is hitting their 50th anniversary. And if you are one of the people here at the live stream and you're looking at my extremely old face, then you're like, this guy's got to be older than Atari, right? No, I'm not. I am actually younger than Atari. How old are you, Bill? Get off my lawn. That's how old I am. But Atari is 50th or is 50 years old now. And one of my favorite games on the Atari 2600, which I should have grabbed before I started recording because it's on the shelf behind me, is Yar's Revenge. Yar's Revenge, you play as a mosquito or a fly, something like that. I mean, it's an Atari game, so it's it's not represented well on the screen. But you play as this space bug, and there's this shield on the right side of the screen that you then have to shoot. You shoot through that shield in order to destroy the shield so that you can get in and kill the thing in the middle of the shield. And it's got a really fun, effective gameplay loop. I love the sounds of the game. And... Normally, I wouldn't be super excited about this, but Yars Recharged, not Yars Revenge, Yars Recharged is getting a, a, a new game, okay? It, and the, the reason I'm so excited about this is because of who is making this game. And let me turn that, turn that down. And that is Adam Vision. Um, if you have listened to the show, I've probably talked about other games from Adam Vision like... Um, Righty tighty and um, ding dong, 
uh, where it's they're very very simple games. But this this one is also made by Adam Vision, and they do really really cool games, and I love their graphics. And Yars Recharged just looks fantastic. It's got way more mechanics than the original one, which is great. But you can definitely see, boy, it looks like there might be multiplayer too. Um, you can definitely see the the pedigree, the DNA. You can see the DNA of Yars Revenge in Yars Recharged. And it's coming to all of the different, um, what's the word, all the different platforms, you know, uh, PC, console, Stadia. It's coming to everything. This game looks really awesome. I cannot wait for it. Normally, I would have probably just written it off as some cash-in because that's what Atari kind of does these days. But the fact that Adam Vision is making it is really, really compelling to me. Uh, here's my question to all of you guys. Um, what is your favorite... And many of you probably won't have an answer for this, but what is your favorite Atari 2600 game? Now, Yars Revenge is not my favorite Atari 2600 game, but it's definitely up there. My favorite Atari 2600 game is probably River Raid, followed by Keystone Capers, followed by Yars Revenge. Those are my top three Atari 2600 games. Fisto says Pitfall in chat. Uh, Andre Vandal says, I'm older than Atari. And then Bravd says what he always says to me, just so old. Anyway, uh, I'm very excited for that game, and I cannot wait for it to come out. Let's move on to the thing that I'm probably most excited about from today's show. And that is, well, I'm, I'm excited and trepidatious. So one of the games that I played... Uh, in the past few years, that was probably one of my favorite experiences and kind of turned me around on a genre was Alien Isolation. Alien Isolation, if you've never played it, you've got to find a way to play it on some platform. It's so good. Uh, it is a terrifying and incredibly well-done horror uh, survival game. And you play as Ellen Ripley's daughter who is looking for... I can't remember the the name of the ship. It doesn't matter. She's looking for her mother and the ship. And <clears throat> spoilers, she finds an alien instead. And you can't kill the alien that you run into. All you can do is hide from it and try and escape. And it's just such a fantastic game. Now, the reason I'm super excited is because we've got a new single-player action horror game called Aliens. It is supposed to be taking place between Alien and Aliens. You know, the original movie and the first sequel. And um, the reason I'm excited is because I loved Alien Isolation. The reason that I am trepidatious about it is because it's from a company called Servios. Now, the original Alien Isolation was from Sega. Uh, Sega made that game, and they did an absolutely top-notch job on that. This game is coming to PC, console, and VR, and I cannot wait to play this game. Now, it says Alien Anthology. Welcome to the official Alien Anthology. Oh, okay, never mind. I thought that that <laughs> I thought that this was like 
directly related to the other alien game, but it, it, I'm worried that it might not be. And the reason that I'm worried about it is because we've had a lot of alien games and a lot of those alien games were less than awesome. The one that was really awesome is alien isolation. And all of the other ones that I've played were just kind of, they existed and this could be awesome, but it could be terrible. And I really hope that it's awesome because I, I want to jump back. I, I might replay Alien Isolation. I bought it like three times. I bought it on PC and then I bought it again on PlayStation. Um, so I'll probably I might play that game again. It's just so fantastic. Anyway, uh, people in chat, uh, Heisenthal says I do find the hide and seek horror style alien game or the action horror more fun. It's going to be interesting how aliens will work as action horror. And that's a really good uh, distinction because this game, they describe it as action horror. The the other game was not an action game. Uh, There were really interesting moments in that game that were just you hiding in a locker uh, holding your breath, hoping that the alien wouldn't find you. I, I guess on the on one version of it, I think it was the the PlayStation version. If you had the uh, the PS camera hooked up, I think that it would had a microphone in the room. It would listen to the room, and if you, the player, not the character, if you, the player, made noise, then the alien could hear you, and it would come after you. And that's like, I kind of wish that I had played that version of it, uh, but I don't have that version. Uh, Rudist Buddhist, <laughs> that's a fun name. Uh, they said, as long as Gearbox isn't involved, it will probably be fine. Uh, so here's my question to all of you, and you can let me know on Twitter at RunJumpStomp. Um, there's a link in the show notes that'll take you there. Uh, oh, and yes, Fisto, it does. It sounds like Resident Alien. That's a very good description of it. Um, I want to know what is your favorite horror game of all time? So for a very long time, I did not play horror games at all, like ever. And then I jumped back in with Alien Isolation and I just, I adored my experience with that game. I live streamed it on Twitch. I had set up like stupid alerts so that if somebody had donated, uh, I don't like that word donated. If somebody had tipped X dollars or whatever, I think it was $6.66 that it would set off like loud noises in my headphones and it would scare me and people were just scaring me left and right. And it was a, it's a fun experience. I don't know if I'll live stream this, but it's, (laughs) it's incredibly scary. And it got me back into the horror genre. Bravd in chat says being punished for crunch, crunching pretzels while I game does not sound fun. Uh, I was asking people, what are your favorite horror games? Uh, both Dan Wagner and Rue Diggs said dead space. And I'm sure it will only be a matter of time before somebody uh, mentions resident evil uh, maker of chaos 12 in chat is saying amnesia, the dark descent. I actually have that on uh, Steam Deck, and it runs pretty well, although it has crashed a couple of times. Uh, anyway, let me know what your favorite horror games are uh, uh, that you've uh, played in the past. I, I'm, I'm interested in hearing that. And uh, that just about does it 
for today's episode of Gains with Bill. Again, if you want to watch these live, then make sure you head on over to youtube.com slash nerdnest. Uh, once I finish the live stream, I'm going to set it to private so that it's only for uh, YouTube members. Uh, because this is just supposed to be like a bonus and a thank you to everybody for hanging out with me. If you have not already joined the Patreon and you want these uh, access to these episodes early, you can either join the uh, uh, the YouTube channel or you can head on over to uh, patreon.com slash runjumpstomp. As always, you could have spent your time anywhere, but instead you decided to hang out with me and talking about video games or for that. I really do appreciate it. You guys are awesome, and I will see you next time. Bye-bye, everybody. Bye-bye.